Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, I just want to you know, mention as it is a Resurrection Sunday, and everybody is celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And for us, it's a good opportunity to get into the you know, scripture portion where the resurrection of the Lord is described and to come to an understanding with the word of God. And this morning as we heard, uh, the scripture portion was read from the word of God, from the gospel of John, where we see Jesus rising from the dead and appearing to Mary and to many of his disciples. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is a historical fact. And you and I believe because the word of God records the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this morning, I would like to take some time to think about some of the practical aspects of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are going to spend a few minutes to understand what kind of impact the resurrection of our Savior is going to have in our own lives. You know, scripture talks about the resurrection even before Jesus rose from the dead, even Jesus spoke about resurrection. If you remember the life of Lazarus when he, de- he, he died, Jesus came to the place where Lazarus was buried and Jesus spoke to Martha and Mary about the resurrection that is it to come, that is it to happen. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 11. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. Today we are going to spend more time reading the word of God. John the Gospel, chapter 11, verses 21 to 30, sorry, 25, 21 through 25. Lazarus died and he was buried and Jesus was not there at the time of his death. In fact, Jesus came four days after the death and burial of Lazarus. Now, as Jesus came, Martha went and received Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what... Martha said to Lord Jesus, we read that in John chapter 11, verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha was very clear about the resurrection that is going to happen in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now we are not talking about the Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, but we are talking about Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I just want you to think about not just the risen Savior, not just the celebration of Easter, or not just the celebration of the resurrection. I want you to think about the one who has risen from the dead, and he says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. And this morning we are going to spend some time to understand what Jesus was really talking about. Jesus spoke some of the amazing truths as you see that in the slide. He said, I am the resurrection. And he said, I am the life. And he said, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What does it mean to say that even if you die 
we will live. What exactly it means? It talks about the hope that you and I have in Christ Jesus. We have a hope. All of us have hope in our God. All of us have hope that even if we die one day, we are going to rise. You know, that, that makes a huge difference between an animal and a human. When an animal is dead, the animal is going to be buried and it's not going to rise again. But when you and I die, we are going to rise. Doesn't matter whether we are godly or you are ungodly. Both godly and ungodly, both who follow Lord Jesus, both and those who do not follow Lord Jesus Christ, everyone, all the humanity is going to rise again from the dead. And this morning, what I'm going to share with you is some of the scriptural facts. Probably we know most of it, but if we, you know, it's better to hear that again, because as I was preparing this, it was, you know, strengthening my faith once again. And I believe this morning, God will strengthen your faith. We are talking about the hope that humanity has. The hope that God has given to mankind, that mankind is going to rise from the dead one day. Quickly, we want to jump into a beautiful scripture, a passage or a, a, a chapter that describes the resurrection. It's nothing other than 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's, let's jump into that right away. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we are going to spend the entire sermon on 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're just going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 12, verses 12 through 19 first. Scripture says, the risen Christ is our hope. The risen Christ is our hope. And we are going to understand the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ has an impact in our life. It is already impacting or it is going to impact in the coming days. And it is important that you and I need to understand how, what kind of impact the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ is going to have on me in my life. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 15. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Paul was not, you know, writing these scriptures with an ordinary tone. In fact, he was a bit angry. He was a bit annoyed as he wrote the scriptures. And he is asking us, he is telling us, if Christ preached is, has been risen from the dead, how can you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. You know, Paul is linking our resurrection with the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. If Christ is risen, we are going to? We are going to rise. If we are going to rise, it is true that Christ is Reason. I'm not talking about any theology. I'm just talking about something which is practical from the word of God. So I'm sure you will be able to follow. Right? Just, just listen to me carefully. If Christ is risen, it is 100% true that we are going to rise. And if we are rising, it is 100% true that Christ is risen. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our resurrection are interconnected. If Christ is risen, it is true that we are going to rise. Let's have that in mind. Let's come back to verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Verse 15. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ 
whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise for if the dead do not rise then Christ is not risen and if Christ is not risen your faith is futile you are still in your sins then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished if in this life only we have hope in Christ we are of all men the most pitiable if in this life only we have hope in Christ we are of all men the most pitiable what paul is saying is if we have hope in Christ only in this life only for this life we are the most pitiable so in fact he is telling have hope in Christ not just for our life on this earth but for the life which is eternal paul is writing just have hope not only for this life if you have just believe in jesus christ just for some miracle maybe some benefit if you believe in jesus christ paul is saying you are the most pitiable man or woman but have hope in christ not just for this world but also for the eternity then that is a blessing you know that's what paul is talking about so we are talking about the christ's resurrection having a contact or a link or in a interconnection with our resurrection that means we all believe christ has risen from the dead and we have to believe there is no option given we have to believe that one day we are going to rise from the dead you know it is very tough to you know put that fact it is very tough to drill down that fact in our lives but word of god is very certain and word of god puts puts a proper illustration of christ's resurrection because we all believe that 100% jesus rose from the dead but now we are we must believe that we are going to rise from the dead 100% this morning i just want to talk about little bit about our life on this earth there are three different stages of life we can talk about number 1 the life that we are living today and we are going to put an end to that life that we are going to live that means we die one day all of us and there comes a third stage which is called the resurrection of our life the life the death and the resurrection we are going to spend a little more time today keep this keep this in mind life and death and resurrection these are the three things which are appointed in fact hebrew 927 says and as it is appointed for men to die once but after this the judgment so how many times we are going to die only once and how many time we are going to live on this earth only once and the death and then comes the judgment hebrews 9:27 so we are talking about life death and the resurrection think about our life on this earth next slide think about our life on this earth that's how our life goes if you are able to see that in the slide right we simply put that and say that it's from cradle to the grave right from the cradle to the grave so people are in different phases as you see in the picture some of the babies are just newborn still in the cradle some of them are able to sit crawl and walk and jump and then we see a you know backpack on somebody somebody they just start going to school and uh, they get uh, what do you, they they are going through their convocation they are receiving their degree right and they just run out run here and there for job and they bring a good amount of money right not a thief but then they earn hard work and then bring money right and then eventually we just you know we need a cane to just lean on and then eventually we get down to a wheelchair 
and then we are on the bed. We are not able to get up, right? And eventually we need to get to go back to, sorry, go to the grave. That's the life on this earth. We are talking about reality. We born as a child and we go through maybe how many years? 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. And the day Debbie was you know, testifying, saying that her mom is 92. She'll be 92 this year, right? So God bless her. God may keep her continually, right? So, you know, we, we go through different phases of our life. And each phase has its own challenge. Each, each phase is one, it has its own challenge. At times we think about, you know, we just look at Joyce Fibbins' baby and then tell them, oh, how peacefully they are sleeping, you know. Talk to them and, you know, you don't, they don't respond. But then if you ask them the challenge that they are handling, you know, it's very tough, Right? There's so much of challenge they are going through. When they want to sleep, they are not able to sleep. When we want them to sleep, they don't sleep. And when we don't want them to sleep, they sleep. They go through various things in their life. A lot of challenges. In each phase, we have challenges to handle. Life is full of challenge. You know, that's what the life can offer to you and me. There are good times and there are bad times. One man of God, he puts life in this way. Life is nothing but two railway tracks running in parallel. Right? Two railway tracks running in parallel. Life is not just always mountain or always valley. It's both. Right? There are mountain tops we experience in life. And then there comes a valley all of a sudden. And some of us may be going through in the valley for a long time. And there comes a mountain top for time for rejoicing. Life offers both joy and sorrow. Life offers both good things as well as bad things. That's the life we are talking about. The life on this earth is very short. Compared to the vastness of the universe, compared to the time frame since God created the universe and where we are living today and where the world is going to, life on this earth is very short, very tiny. Even if you draw a line from this end of the wall, of the, this room to the other end, and if you want to put a, your life on the timeline, even you cannot even probably put a dot over there because life is so short. Think about the past generation. They are no more. Think about some of the people of our generation. They are no more. Life is not at all worth living at times because it is so short. But the good thing is, scripture gives us hope. There is a life after death. There is a life after death. We call that as eternal life. The eternal very word says, the life is going to be forever and there is no end. And scripture says, as we read from John chapter 11 verse 25, those who believe in Lord Jesus Christ can go to the eternal life. I'm sure you know, none of us have any doubt on this because we all believe in Jesus Christ. But there are questions today. Why do we need to believe in Jesus Christ? The simple reason is, God has promised the life after, eternal, after death. And scriptures is very clear, very clearly scripture says, you need to believe in Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read that scripture again. John chapter 11, verse 25. It's a very important scripture. It's a very pivotal scripture in the whole gospel. John chapter 11, verse 25. What Jesus spoke to Martha. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So it is very important. It is vital that we need to believe in Jesus Christ in order to inherit the eternal life. And we are talking about the life that is not worth living on this earth, but it is worth living eternally. Only those who believe in Jesus Christ 
can go to the eternity. And the picture you see, in the slide you see a picture of a rope. And just imagine that the rope goes forever. There is no end. You don't see the other end of the rope. Because it's just an eternal rope. It just goes forever. Even if you stretch from one end, you can keep on doing it maybe hundreds and thousands of years. Because such a long rope. And you see that in the rope there is a red mark. And what you see as a red mark is what is the life, what the life that we have on this earth. And the rope runs into eternity, eternally. And the red mark is the life that represents the short life that we have on this earth. And all our friends, and all our family is going to go away once we leave this earth. Once we leave this earth. Probably we are going to meet them in the eternity. Most assuredly, we are going to meet them in the eternity. But even when we meet them in the eternity, we know them that who is he or she We'll be able to identify them, but we will not be able to have the relationship that we have today. Probably some of us are very close to our spouse. Thank God for that. Some of us are very close with our children. Thank God for that. But when we go to eternity, we will not have that kind of relationship that we have today. Because what of God says, there, there is, nobody is going to give for marriage and nobody is going to take for marriage. And there is no, you know, not, not, not the kind of relationship that we, what we have in this world. We are not going to have that in the eternity. Eternal life is much more glorious than what we experience today. And you can imagine, you can think about, you know, how short our life that we have on this earth. We talked about life. Let's move further. Well, let's talk about death. What is death? It's very important to know biblically what is death. If I ask Sean, what is death? As a doctor, Sean will say, you end your life, leaves from your body, right? When someone is declared dead, doctor will come and make sure he or she's, she dies died. And they will write a certificate saying that, yes, it's done, finished. But what scripture says, what is death? Scripture is very clear. Scripture says it's a departure of your soul and spirit from the body. That is what is death. It's a departure of soul and spirit from the body. And all of us know our body is made or our life is made of three elements, three segments, our body and spirit and soul. Body, spirit, soul, some of the basics. What is body? Where body goes when we die? Scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 20, next slide. All go to one place. All are from the dust. And all return to dust. Our body is made of dust. Why? How? That's how God made. He took a handful of clay and he breathed. The breath, the breath of life. And man came into existence. So when we die, our body is going to go back to the dust. That's why we bury. And after we bury, maybe, you know, dig that uh, corpse, maybe quite a few years, and you don't see anything there because it gets decomposed with the, with the ground, with the dust. Because our body is made with exactly what we see in the ground. Body goes back to the dust where it came from. What about spirit? Word of God is very clear. Spirit returns to God. Ecclesiastes 12, 7. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was. And the spirit will return to God who gave it. What about the third element? Soul. Scripture says soul lives forever. 
body goes back to the world, to the dust. Spirit goes back to God and our soul lives forever. Ezekiel 18.4. God says, behold, all souls are mine. God says, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul whose sins shall die, but the soul does not sin. Sins are washed by the blood of the lamb, lives forever. All souls belong to God. So we know what really happens at the time of death. Next slide. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 22-28, let's read that scripture. It talks about death. 1 Corinthians 15, 22-28. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Christ died and he has risen from the dead. We call Christ as first fruit. Verse uh, 21. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruit, he died and he rose from the dead, first fruit. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. When the Lord God comes to this world and those who are Christ, those who belong to Christ, they are going to rise from the dead. Verse 24. Then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God, the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Verse 27, for he, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under his feet, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Verse 28, now when all things are made subject to him, then the son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him that God may be all in all. So God is going to take control over Everything, even over the death. Now let's talk about life. Really what happens. One day we are going to you know, leave this earth. We call that as a death. In fact, scripture calls that as a first death. We are going to die in this world. And those who believe in Christ, as scripture says in, 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 in John 11.25, those who believe in Christ, they are going to go to the eternal life. But those who are not having Christ, they are going to face the second death and that is the eternal death. The first death is temporary and everybody is going to rise again and those who are in Christ, they are going to rise to eternal heaven and those who are not in Christ, they are going to rise to the eternal death. So first death and the second death. First death is temporary and the second death is eternal. We talked about death now. We talked about life. We talked about death. Now we'll talk about, talk about the final thing, the resurrection. Resurrection is nothing but from the mortal. It's a translation from the mortal. Mortal is which perishes, which dies, our human body, our life on this earth. Translation from our mortal, from the mortal, from the mortal to the immortal. That is what is resurrection. A beautiful comparison illustration is how butterflies come. Right? So that's how butterfly comes. One day it decides to translate 
into a beautiful life. And that day, it turns into a butterfly. A lava, pupa, and then it turns into a butterfly. That's what we see here. The same way our life on this earth, one day when God comes, when he calls us, we are going to get into an immortal. We are get, going to get into a glorious body. That's what is called as resurrection of life on this earth. Let's put all this together now. Life, death, and the resurrection. As we know, next slide. Life on this earth, as we talked about, it is very temporary. And one day we are going to pass. We are going to leave this earth. That's what is called death. And when we die, everyone is going to rise. And some of us are going to rise towards, towards the eternal life in heaven. And some of us are going to rise into the eternal life in the hell. So we are putting life and death and the resurrection and eternal life and eternal death all together in this slide. Let's take it a little further, a little more. Let's come back again to 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 49. 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 49. Now listen to the scriptures. But someone will say, how are the dead rise up? Now there is a practical question. How can you say that dead is going to rise? And Paul is giving an answer there. Some of, someone will say, how are the dead rise up? And with what body do they come? What body we are going to have when we rise? And Paul says, 36, foolish one. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. He's saying that it is practical. You know, scripture is talking about something which is ordinary, which is practical. And he's saying that what you sow is not going to come alive until what you sow dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. You know how practical the word of God is. You sow mustard seed, you don't expect wheat to come. You expect mustard plant to come. You sow wheat and you expect wheat to come. Right? So God gives its own body. God gives each seed, God gives its own body. Verse 39, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of bird. There are also celestial bodies and, and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. You know, there is, a, there is a fact, there is an astronomical fact, the word of God talks about, Paul is saying that one star differs from another star in its glory. And some of you who know about, this, about science astronomy a little bit, each star has its own magnitude. One star's glory differs from the other. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Verse 43. It is sown in dishonor and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown as a natural body. It is raised as a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not First, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was 
of the earth made of dust the second man is the lord jesus is referring to himself uh, paul is referring to jesus the lord himself from heaven as was the man of dust so also are those who are made of dust all of us and as is the heavenly man jesus so also are those who are heavenly when we accept jesus christ once we translate into his being once we are born again we become heavenly man verse 50 okay let, let's let's give a break there let's talk about some of the practical aspects what paul is talking about he's talking about the natural body the earthly body the mortal body the corruptible body and one day that is going to perish and that body is going to be buried somewhere Right? That's where we are all going to. We are all heading towards. And when Jesus comes, what happens in the resurrection? In the resurrection, the mortal or the natural is going to become spiritual. And the earthly is going to become heavenly. And the mortal is going to become immortal. And the corruptible is going to become incorruptible. Paul is talking about how the resurrection, practically how it's going to happen. And that's, he says that's how it is going to happen. And we talked about there are two different resurrections. I said everyone is going to rise. Everyone is going to rise. No matter they are godly or ungodly. That's the reason scripture talks about. It talks about first death and second death. First death is a temporary death. And second death is the eternal death. In the same way there is a first resurrection and a second resurrection. So let's take a few minutes to see what is first resurrection and what is second resurrection. First resurrection, let's turn to Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Word of God talks about first resurrection. Revelation 20 verse 6. He, word of God says, John writes saying, that Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death, that is eternal death, has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. It talks about the millennial reign of Lord Jesus Christ on this earth that happens after the tribulation period. So verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over them second death, the eternal death has no control. And who are all the partakers of the first resurrection? There are three different categories we are talking about here. Now Jesus was crucified and he rose from the dead. Now, he became the first fruit. He became the first fruit because his resurrection took place first. So he is part of the first resurrection. And who else? People who are living in the church age. Those who accept Jesus Christ and those who live godly. And we are living 2,000 years now. More than 2,000 years. And God Almighty is going to come back to this world to rapture his church. And Jesus Christ as the first fruit, part of the first resurrection. And the church which is going to be raptured, part of the first resurrection. And then comes the seven years of tribulation period. At the end of the tribulation period, those who still live for God, they die as a martyr. And those martyrs are going to rise. So all this together, they form the first resurrection. And scripture says, those who are part of the first resurrection, they are blessed and holy. Why? Because the second death has no control over them, those who are part of the first resurrection. Now, let's talk about the second resurrection. Now, those who rise with Christ, Christ being the first fruit, the church being raptured, and all the martyrs of the tribulation saints, they are all going to be raptured into heaven, and they are all going to come back along with the Lord Jesus Christ to reign on this earth for a thousand years. 
And then comes the judgment, the white throne judgment. And who is going to stand before the white throne judgment? All the wicked, those who have not risen yet. The first fruit risen, the rapture believers, they have risen already. And the martyrs, they have risen from the dead. They are all ruling thousand years on this earth. So until then, the wicked are still under the grave, inside the grave. They have not risen. And word of God talks about Revelation 20. Let's again go back to Revelation 20. It talks about very clearly about the second resurrection. Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the, in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now scripture says, all the wicked, they are going to rise because the Hades is going to give up those who are already found and the death is going to give, give up those who are found already there and they are all going to stand before the white throne judgment. So there is a resurrection of the wicked in order to be judged for eternal condemnation. And that's the group that is standing before the white throne judgment. White throne judgment is not for godly. White throne judgment is for the ungodly. And what is the end of it? Death and Hades, they were thrown into the eternal fire. Eternal fire. That is the second resurrection for judgment. The first resurrection is to rule with him for eternally. So those righteous, those are found righteous, they will be caught up into the heaven and they will rule with him forever and ever. So scripture is very clear about the first and the second resurrection. And all these things to happen, scripture says, when Jesus rose from the dead, the death is swallowed up in victory. Let's continue reading as we finish from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55, sorry, 50 to 58. Now this is, I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit in corruption. Flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the reason our body just don't go to heaven just like this. It has to be transformed into the glorious body. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. How? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. And the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Two things happening at the coming of the Lord, the secret coming or the rapture of the Lord God. Two things are happening. Those who are dead already, they are going to rise up and they are going to get a body, which is not the flesh and blood, but which is an incorruptible body, which is an immortal body, glorious body. And those who are alive, they will be transformed. They will be changed. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Verse 54, so when this corruption has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And verse 55, O death, where is your stink? O Hades, where is your victory? 
The stink of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks to be God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved, brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, what else we need? Paul is telling us, giving an explanation about how life and death and the resurrection is going to happen. And finally he says, therefore, brethren, it's all certain. It's all very true. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, be strong, do not waver in your faith. Be strong, be immovable, do not just move because of thinking that happened, some things which are happening, which are for temporary, do not move in your faith. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Do the work of the Lord. It is very important. Knowing that your labor is not going to be in vain, God is going to reward you one day. Death is swallowed up in victory. Finally, to summarize, we talked about Certain things which are very crucial. I believe it is very important for our faith that we have in Christ Jesus. Our life is not temporary, it is eternal. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ gives us hope today that we are going to rise with him one day. As Jesus said in, Luke, uh, in, in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And we shall raise as Jesus rose from the dead. That is going to be the first resurrection to live in heaven. But those who do not have Christ, they are going to rise. That's the second resurrection. That's basically to die in hell. I thank God because God has given us hope. God has given us hope that he is going to come back and we are going to be caught up with him to reign with him forever and ever. And this morning, God is telling us, my, dad, my son, my daughter, do not discourage. Do not get discouraged. Do not lose hope. Just have confidence in the Lord. And this morning, I pray that God may encourage and God may help you to put your trust in God so strong and so deep. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.